Hello and welcome to another questionable episode of Security Views Radio, the only cybersecurity podcast that when asked his opinion of it, Stephen King responded with, how did you get in my home? I am one of your hosts, Adam Slater, and with me as always is John. John, how are you doing? I didn't know that he told a story of when I was in his house. <laughs> it was see i i had i had dug through internet archives to find uh to find that interview i did not realize that was you it was my only uh social media post is i took a un, unapproved selfie with stephen king <laughs> <laughs> with us as always is felton our producer felton how are you doing i'm doing good i had the car running the whole time waiting on john to <laughs> How about the windows? Okay. <laughs> so I was the only one not involved in this caper? No, because we know how much you love Stephen King. Yeah. It would have got real uncomfortable. We were actually there to get you a birthday present, but he was not. Uh, he was too thrilled. <laughs> He's oh. just a big fan of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> it's really good. He, he, uh, he wants to be your editor because he says you misspelled it. <laughs> Um, he, uh, hey guys, surprisingly, I listened to a podcast where two guys review film adaptations of Stephen King stories. Um, and apparently he hates almost every single movie that's been made of his work. No, I mean, they cut a 900 page book down to two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And have you ever liked a Stephen King movie? Uh, yeah, plenty. Oh Yeah. The Shining, yeah. Um, Shawshank Redemption is a based off of a novella. Um, wait, wait, wait. Shawshank Redemption is based off of a Stephen King novel. Yeah, yeah, a, a novella. It's like a it's like a sixty seventy page. You can bang it out in an afternoon. Wow. Um, he has so much. That's the thing. Um, I did like that new, the first of the new It movies. I wasn't so hot on the second one, but I liked that first one. Uh, we actually walked out of the first one. We thought it was so Really? This is a waste of a date. We're going somewhere. <laughs> hey, you only had to babysit it for how long? Like, we cannot waste. That's right. <laughs> not going waste it on this one. <laughs> it's a big time commitment. <laughs> Better be good. Right, you gotta wait two weeks or thirty more days for no, uh, uh-uh. uh. Let's go. <laughs> Your wife was like, uh, uh-uh, uh. Let's go. Let's go. I thought, I thought the Pet Cemetery remake was bad. I thought, um, I didn't see that. I mean, Misery is good. The Shining is good. I thought that part two of The Shining was not good. What was the name of that one? Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I, 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 I did not like it. I did not like Doctor Sleep as much as I liked The Shining, but I did really like Doctor Sleep. Oh. Never watched the the uh never watched that. I watched the, the shine. Oh, I watched okay. the shine. Oh gosh, felt yeah. we were gonna have to pause recording. <laughs> <laughs> See me in your office. Uh, <laughs> no, but um Ms. Dr. Sleep. I've I never even heard of that. So. Yeah, it's got uh uh Ewan McGregor as um he's the little boy, but he's he's Danny, but he's grown up. Gotcha. And yeah, it's basically. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about him dealing with addiction and um, yeah, it's 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 good. I I enjoyed it, but oh, that was that was a weird digression. We, I mean, 
Yeah. But no. Um, yeah, he apparently hates most of his most of the stuff that gets made of his. I thought that that was interesting. But does, think, he, does he sign off on this? Yeah, of course he does. He's in it for the paycheck, man. No, I just didn't know if it got to a point where like he he's not even involved. Like his publisher, like hey, hey, the numbers are right, we're doing it. Uh, but yeah, I guess if he's still yeah, I guess you see all those zeros. You're like, you know what? I'll get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like a lot, of, this is something else I didn't know about him until recently. My brother-in-law is a big Stephen King fan. Most of his books actually take like they're all interconnected. Like they will. Like, the books will reference places in, like, places and events from other stories. They're not, like, directly connected, but, like, um, someone might mention, oh, yeah, that guy that escaped from Shawshank a few years ago. Like, like something like throwaway lines like that. Like, most of them are all interconnected in some way, which I think is interesting, though. But, anyway. How many books have you written? You know? Oh, Lord. Um Probably I would, four or five at this point. Right? Yeah, at least, at least. No, <laughs> he he's he just he went through a period. He actually went through a period where he was writing so much that um like that his publisher like his public like something about his publishing deal he had to put books out under a different name, um like under a pen name because he just was writing that much, um. I think I think the Green Mile was one of the books that came out under a different pen name. Um but uh yeah. Yeah. His obsession with prisons. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and there's a there's an HBO Max uh miniseries that I watched the first episode of was pretty interesting and it took place in Shawshank. Um, like way after the events of the of, of Shawshank Redemption, and I don't know if Stephen King wrote it, but I would not be surprised if he did. But yeah, man loves his prison stories. Yeah. So speaking of stories, did you see yeah. this story that came out about um, the 530 million people whose data oh, the, was leaked from Facebook? Yes, I did see that. I saw that earlier today. Oh, 530 million people who had phone numbers and stuff listed in Facebook. Of course, Facebook claimed that that practice has stopped as of 2020 when it, when it really got serious about security. <laughs> <laughs> right. They started caring. You know, a phone number is not easy to change. What do you think is easier to change, your phone number or your email address? Email address? Email. No. Yeah. You think? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, okay. Let me let me let me uh, pref let me rephrase that. Um, it's really easy to abandon email addresses. I have. I, I think I've mentioned it on this show before. I have. Uh, uh, there is probably about four or five just completely abandoned Adam Slater email addresses out there. Yeah, I, I I think being able to forward emails to. Um, I know you can forward phone calls as well. But I think being able to forward emails makes it a lot easier to abandon, you know, abandon the email. Yeah, I guess it just depends. I mean, I, I think it's easier to send out an email saying, hey, my God, I have a new phone number. Yeah, I guess that works, too. 
I, I think I just I so rarely use my email for personal communication. Like my email is for like subscriptions and newsletters and, you know, um, having an email to verify an, an account or something like that. And eventually I just I get, you know, overwhelmed um, with all of the spam and then I just abandon it. <laughs> and I just move my accounts from, you know, if I'm still using the account, I just go, hey, no, this is my email address now. So, I, I that it ought to be an interesting industry, the spam industry, the spam phone number industry. I, I mean, I get a lot of calls now on my phone. It says spam risk. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. Apple making that. I guess it would be Apple, right? I, yeah, I think so. What what I found interesting though, I don't know if you guys have iPhones or not, but um, on an iPhone, like if you get a text, I'm sorry, an iMessage from somebody you don't expect, mm-hmm. you can report them as spam or as junk. Oh, interesting. Okay. Not true with text messages. So like my wife's phone at some point was used by somebody else to, um, you know, and like a credit card or something like that. So they call her all the time looking for payment. Mm. stuff like that her name's angela angela you gotta pay your bills yeah angela come on get it together angela, i know you're listening <laughs> come on angie <laughs> um and and there's a practice where like you know people just use random phone numbers to sign up for, for websites and stuff yeah well at some point angela just relied on this was her go-to so she gets a lot of calls from angela but anyway you can you can report those and stuff like that but with with text messages, SMS messages, you don't expect like there's not like a function on a lot of phones like the iPhone to block those. Or to, I'm sorry, not to block those, but I'm sorry, but to report those. Okay. You can easily block them. That's not hard to do, but it's like right. when they come from random numbers all the time. Yeah, yeah, and there's a. I know on iOS there's a feature where like if you don't know the phone number it automatically goes to voicemail or something like that. Um, which like that's, that seems nice. But then I think about the amount of times that I need, I need to be contacted by somebody and I don't know their phone number, right? Like, like postmate or somebody coming to work, like work on the, my apartment or whatever. Like, I, you know, I don't always know the phone number that I'm waiting for. So in theory, that feature is really nice. But in practice, it, it's not quite not quite there yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating anytime I'm waiting, like you said, waiting on a phone call from a business and I don't know what the phone number is, which means I'm going to pick up the phone anytime it rings. Right. And that's when I get a lot of spam calls and someone asks about my um, my car warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I finally broke out of that car warranty. Uh, spiderweb, I guess you would say. Uh, they were hitting me hard for a few years, it seemed like. They finally gave up. Uh, I still get one or two scam likely or just completely unknown numbers. I get one or two a day, still. Hmm. Yeah. And Do you use a feature on your phone that says silence unknown calls? I should. I do. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I have to turn it off occasionally, like if um, we have something going on or, you know, family or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I, by the mo- 99% of the time that is on on my phone. Yeah. And I just have to look at my phone occasionally and operate in callback mode. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Now, does just, Facebook require does Facebook require your phone number? They were doing it, and Adam, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but they were doing it as a verification method, correct? I believe it has been it has been years since I have been on Facebook. And when I made my account, it was when you actually had to have a college address. So I, I'm not entirely sure. But yes, I believe it was used as a verification for logging into new browsers. And uh, if you got a new phone and you downloaded the Facebook app, I believe that that's what they were using it for. Gotcha. Because I know with Google, um, with Gmail, it's been going on for years now where they'll they'll keep asking like, hey, do you want to give us your phone number for added security? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's not necessarily a bad idea if, it, if it's a second form of verification, if they don't offer multi-factor authentication. It is a 2FA method, so it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a bad practice when they do want that phone number. I think in the case of Facebook, though, they were allowing those phone numbers to be scraped from profiles, which is a Mm. technique used to snag a bunch of information about users and put it into a database. And so they didn't end that until 2020, which you have to understand it shows you just how much of a product you are with them because there was a big issues with Facebook way back in the 2016 presidential election with them coming under fire for selling data. Yep. Uh, to be used by third parties and that yet they continued that practice all the way through 2020 or until 2020 that was four years difference. yeah <laughs> i mean it's not it's not the exact same thing they were doing back then but it's very very similar it is definitely a dog by a different name yeah absolutely um it's still a dog it may not be the same kind of dog but it's still a dog I I think that Facebook is the most public version of this. I think our listeners and the average person would be shocked at how much of your data is sold by companies you do business with regularly. Yeah. Daily. Yeah. Uh, companies you would never expect it. I mean, my general rule is if you're paying somebody, they're not going to sell your information. But I found that that rule is no longer a rule, no longer exists. They're definitely just using that as additional forms of revenue. Yeah. So if you're an Apple user, there's a and you have the latest browser, there is a um, there is a uh, to the left of uh, Safari uh, to the left of the address bar. It gives you a privacy report. And in this privacy report, you can pull up trackers and it just absolutely will floor you the number of trackers that that browser has seen. Other browsers do this too. I'm just using this as a more of a mainstream example. Uh, all the, the number of trackers that the websites have seen and then what sites are using that. Like for example, like I'm pulling up mine right now. I've had 48 facebook.net trackers hit my browser, okay? I do not ever go to facebook.com or facebook.net or anything, but the sites that I've used are you know, a major health company in town or supposedly is not for profit. Um, <laughs> uh, major airline, American Airlines is hitting it and Delta. Delta's on there too. Um, companies I was looking at doing business with. A restaurant I met a friend of mine at for lunch. 
Um, wow. Two of these are are from a company that does podcasts and web shows and and broadcast shows about privacy and <laughs> like that. Oh. And then your usual suspects, you know, your ESPN.coms and, sure. and, and that. Uh, but then other companies that you would pay, like meeting sites and not Zoom. Um, grocery stores. I mean, like you can just go through the list of the stuff that it's hit and it absolutely fool you. And even companies I would assume are competitive, like Xbox and, and Microsoft um, uh, to Facebook. I wouldn't think that they would be very very good friends but yet they are yet they are there and then my favorite on here the ultimate hypocrite of all firewall and privacy companies are using oh. trackers to gather data on their users because at the end of the day are they a security company or are they a sales company right did you pull up your guys's report while we're talking uh i i try to um does it does it do that in private mode because I um, I never leave private browsing on Safari on iOS. Oh okay, no, it probably does not. Um, let me yeah. check because it would be, yeah, it still does. Really, even it's on browsing. Shield looking thing next to the address bar. Well, mm -hmm. you have to trust me; it's on there. So. All right. <laughs> and other browsers do this too. These just provide a nice little list because it also tells you, hey, this site hasn't contacted any trackers or this site has contacted trackers. Like you can kind of see it as you go through the web. Interesting. Just, just as a heads up. So, um, but I block trackers. So maybe you don't have that functionality turned on as well. It's actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's crazy. I, I haven't. I hadn't actually looked at that. I, I'll, I'll need to find that. And yeah, check it out. I, I, would, I would definitely encourage you to block trackers. So in my case, it's it's showing me what was blocked, not what was actually not what actually worked. But. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I, the 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 data collection business is frankly just out of control. Yeah. I the uh, the there's a Seven Eleven. Uh, uh, near us at the office that every time I go in there, they ask me for my phone number if I want to sign up for their rewards program. I'm like, no, I, I really, I really don't need you to have that number. And I have had, it's, it's so crazy to me. I have had people behind the counter argue with me about it. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not giving you my phone number. I'm just not <laughs> going to do it. And they're like, well, we don't do anything with it. And I'm like, that's then, that's a lie. Like, then why do you, you need it? <laughs> right. If you don't do it, we're not going to call you or anything. I know, but you're still tracking me, and I don't I don't need you to do that. And they're like, you can save money, and I'm like, no, I will pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> I will pay extra. Leave, leave me alone. Me alone. <laughs> yeah. You 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 absolutely are collecting it as some type of 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 trade. It has to be in a database somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean like even take. Even take like the just the, the concept that maybe they would sell it to somebody else, which, again, they absolutely would because they'd be like, oh, this phone number, this guy buys a lot of Mountain Dew. Um, even if they don't even if they don't do that, like I still just don't like the idea that someone knows how much Mountain Dew major melon zero sugar that I purchase. I don't need people to know that. Um, 
that's that's between that's between me and my kidneys. So yeah. So it, even even if they aren't selling it to somebody, they're still tracking it and they like and they're tracking it for a reason. So yeah. You know, I I remember years ago. I mean, years ago, back when I was a teenager. I'm, they may companies may still do stuff like this. I don't really know, but it was uh, they used to advertise on the radio all the time, and they were basically looking for people um, to test drugs or uh, you know different pharmaceutical products and all these kind of things for like, you know, like hey, we're looking for smokers between this age and this age. Mm-hmm. Or we're looking for overweight people between this age and this age to test out this new drug and see what happens. And you could like go, I guess, and qualify um, to see if you were you're you're a, a big enough smoker or big enough overweight or whatever. You're a diabetic, right. whatever drug of the week that they were hired to test by these companies. Okay. And, but they were straight up clear, like you know, you know, you're a lab rat here. Like <laughs> it was right <laughs> in the commercial. Like we're gonna pay you fifty bucks, but. <laughs> or whatever it was but you know uh that level of honesty like hey we're selling your data why are we required uh when we visit most websites now to acknowledge that they have cookies right but they don't say oh yeah just hit just so you know we're we're, we're selling your shit you know Click here to just to say you 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 got that because if you don't get it you're off the site, but in the, in the EU we're required to acknowledge is something as simple as a cookie, mm-hmm. which could be helpful or harmful depending on how the cookie is used and the type of cookie that it is. But usually it's just meant for sessions in order to process the checkout on the store, right? So right, you can't block all cookies; it's impossible. So. Anyway, that level that that level of information doesn't exist for the average consumer in privacy. And our and our small little podcast here can't possibly get the message out enough. But definitely, people don't scream about that enough. And then you see these stories. And I just I, I don't know about you guys, but when you hear most people hear, hey, 533 million people got got Facebooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, to quote the Brian Krebs's version of the story, they break. Well, wow, that's a lot of people. Do they assume it's them or not them? Like, what do you think the default position is when you see that? Yeah, oh, I, terrible. Oh yeah, it's like, oh yeah, J- Jimmy down the street, he's going through a rough time. He's not going to graduate. <laughs> I, so I think that <laughs> eventually you're, 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 you, you, the people down the street talk about it, the kid and your kid, your your yeah. son Jimmy. They're having that same conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there's there's twofold to it. I think that the first thing is that we like like the, our our dumb human brain can't comprehend just how big that number is right like we have i think that there's it i think that there's just no way to like process how many 533 million accounts is one account? Yeah. Two? Yeah. Got it. Ten? Yeah. Okay. By the time you get to like 50, like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. That's about 50. But then like you start getting to like the thousands and the tens of thousands and the hundreds of thousands and you just can't grasp it. So I think that like some people hear, you know, you hear 533 million. How many is that? It's a lot. It's just a lot. Like at some point, the number becomes so big that you can't comprehend its size. And I think that sort of 
ironically, because of that, we think it's not us. I, I remember the other day I heard a story and they were saying that um, the United States is, and it's not the exact number, but something like $27 tr- trillion dollars in debt. They could have said three trillion, and it would have had the exact same impact on me because it got it, at those levels. Right. Uh, I can't. You can't fat. Yeah, you can't. I don't exactly. It's a lot of money. So <laughs> <laughs> not a zeros. There's a lot, and, and then for me as an individual, I can't even comprehend that, right? Because it's just to the point where just there's a certain number where you quit thinking it's you. It's almost like. If it's smaller, it's more palatable. And yeah. I think that's what you're saying, right, Adam? Like, yeah, that, that, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, you can, um, I've I've seen people do it with um, M&Ms in bowls. Like, no joke, just like, hey, this is a bowl that has one M&M. Like, by the time you get to a hundred, you're just like, I don't, I don't, I don't actually know how many that is anymore. Like, just the number becomes too much for you to wrap your head around, and. You know, like like you were saying, John, like that that trillion number might as well have been three because it's just so unfathomable that it's like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, so yeah, you eventually you just assume that's not me because, yeah. Yeah, if they said like a they said a thousand people in North Carolina, a thousand people in Charlotte, you know, were were hit by Facebook's, you know, uh, last breach. I think right. people, I'd be like, oh, whoa, let me let me go check and make sure it didn't happen to me. <laughs> But yeah, as soon as you say 530 million, you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I think that was true. I know this is not the COVID podcast, but wasn't that true with COVID? Like back in February of last year, like, you know, six people got it or, or whatever it was. When the numbers first started to trickle out, when we were tracking the individual cases, right? Were you worried at that point or were you like, oh, that's really bad? But then it gets to a point where that number, that percentage of positive gets to the point where you're like, okay. Where's the hand sanitizer? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Right? Because yeah. it becomes to the point where and but then you get numb to it, right? It's too many cases. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think I you oh go ahead, John. No, I was just say, and I think in I think Facebook prefers the story about five hundred and thirty three million accounts being hacked than 10 identities were stolen on Facebook. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see that. Uh, yeah, I could I, I could see that. They have to psychologically know that that 10 people in Charlotte, North Carolina lost their identity today on Facebook. They wouldn't that would be a bad story. That'd be a really bad story. And local yeah. news would cover it and there'd be a bunch of people that might rethink Facebook. But that story, the five hundred thirty three million story, doesn't resonate. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're not I wrong. Mean, you hide behind large numbers. I think it's in, in in terms of of anything. The larger the number gives you the ability to hide behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of large numbers, it will not be a large number uh, before we are back. We're going to take a quick break here really quick and uh, a quick break really quick. You heard me right, folks. Um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. JSCM Group is your leading cybersecurity expert. With two decades of experience, we work hard to ensure your network is as protected as possible. We simplify the complicated and ever-changing world of cybersecurity, regardless of your organization's size. To start protecting yourself, your employees, and your clients, contact us at 
897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. We simplify, we're experts, and we're here. Again, that's 888-897-9680 or online at jscmgroup.com. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I uh, told you it wasn't going to be long. Um, for those of you just joining us, I don't know who that could possibly be, um, but we are discussing this uh, Facebook uh, account um, that were that were put that ooh, these Facebook accounts that were posted online, um, 533 million, and um, 32 million of those were specifically U.S.-based accounts, um, which is an interesting piece of information there. But yeah, so um, yeah, this wasn't uh, like leaked. This was just posted online, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a leak. It was part of Facebook's practices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. You know, it, it just goes to show, you know, as we were saying before the break, you know, how much, you know, users are the product in these situations. You know, I mean, this is not this is this is Facebook doing what it does, like literally how they make money. So. Is is gathering up your information and giving it to other people. They have two main revenue sources, from my understanding, right? They have the advertising mm-hmm. and they have the data gathering and data sales. So, yeah, think they've been making strides to cut down on the data sales or to limit it or or whatever. Um, but I am it's not going to go away. They don't have enough advertising revenue, right? I, I still am baffled at this. The the I'm baffled at the size and the of Facebook and its success. I, I still remain baffled that that business could be so big. In what way? Uh, this, that there's that much of a desire to share your life on a platform that ultimately has full control over, over the lifespan of that. And that might be a, a, a little too broken up but you know what i mean like you like so many people like i lost access to my facebook and it had all my photos in it mm. what <laughs> that's not where you're supposed to keep all your photos <laughs> a photo storage site but they want it to be right <laughs> or um but just the desire to post this information so much information and to use that as such a as a big part of the, their daily life um it, it amazes me that that is that is that that one platform is so big yeah yeah and 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 you know they they uh also do that you know they as we know they own instagram they also own whatsapp and i'm sure a half dozen other companies that i i I can't think of off the top of my head but um yeah they're i mean they're massive they're absolutely massive I think I, I think and we kind of touched on this before in a couple of other episodes. I do think that we are headed towards I do think we're headed towards a backlash of it. I, I, I do feel like I see more and more conversation about people saying, 
You know, I just I just don't need to put everything online anymore. I like I think that there's a novelty factor to it, especially in Facebook's initial explosion. But um, I my I hope I hope that as more kids grow up um, with that sort of ever looming presence, they'll sort of hopefully they might uh, see like, hey, yeah, this it's cool that you can do it, but maybe you shouldn't do it. Um, at least I, I hope, like I said. Yeah, for my kids, um, we use a photo sharing app, but it's just between family, so mm. no one else can just pop on and look at, you know, our our photo stream. Right. Um, so we have to actually invite you and, you know, approve you once you're invited. But you but, have those pictures stored somewhere else, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think people have, have some people have used this as storage for things like photos and stuff like that. Yeah, especially but because just the set that the suggestibility the the um I, I I was at the gym the other day and somebody had a shirt on and they're like oh where'd you get the shirt he's like yeah I've sucker I fell for the Facebook ad but it ended up being legit but so, <laughs> it was a fascinating social statement hey, could have been fake but I was willing to go for it because I wanted the shirt so bad. <laughs> And it was just like a shirt with like the guy's state or something on it. Like it really wasn't, it wasn't mm. like one of the home shirts, but you know, something like that. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and just that, you know, people are acknowledged that stuff out there could be fake, yet they're willing to, to go for take it. That chance. Yeah, they're, they're willing to take that chance. Like, ah, I thought it was fake, but hey, it actually wasn't. I'm like, no, if I feel like something's fake, I'm not going to put in my credit card information. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's the last thing I would do. Um, yeah, I'll, if I see an ad on on Facebook or you know just on a platform, I'll just reference. You know, I, I write down the name of the product or the name of the company and go to their website to see if it's a legit product. Because yeah, just buying it through Facebook seems like a really bad idea. And a good portion of that stuff could be legit, but there's a strong portion that it might not be. Yeah. There, there just is. But regardless, that's not really the point of where I wanted to take this conversation, unless you guys did. But I was just saying that I think we all know that these things, there's a good possibility these things are, are not legit on the Internet, yet we continue to make the same decisions. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're definitely, you know, these, they're not trying to you know, these scams and, 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 and things like that, they're not they're not trying to target the individuals who are, you know, uh, trying to think of the way to put it. OK. All right. Uh, story time. So um, before I met my wife, um, I tried online dating. Uh, it's actually where I met her. But um, uh, my first probably like five messages that I that I received were 100% definitely scam accounts. Like just, just there's no way that that was an actual person that was like, hey, I want to talk to this schlub. Um, <laughs> so, and I know that, like I was able to spot it, but I can 100% see that if someone who did not have the wherewithal that those kinds of accounts exist and those kinds of people exist that are that are that are trying to scam you, 
I can see if you don't know that and you're someone who's on a dating site, you might be desperate and you might mm-hmm. be like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. Um, I can 1000% see that um, because, I mean, to be honest with you, I was desperate, but I had the wherewithal to know, like, at least I knew that, like, oh, no, 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 that's what this is. This is preying upon that, you know, desire for somebody to. And by the way, I in no way am I denigrating online dating platforms. I think they're fantastic. Um, just be be careful and be very vigilant um, as with everything online. But they're not like those to get back to my point, those scam accounts, they're not trying to target the people who know things or are aware that these scam accounts exist. They're actively not targeting those people. They they actively are targeting individuals who don't think about that stuff and who are in positions of, hey, a thousand dollars would really help me right now. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. for I'm going to go for this. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, I for sure agree with that statement. Like those dating sites are terrific and um but with anything else, but it's no different than meeting somebody in a bar or, or anything no, else. No. Like that. You have to but go into you wouldn't vomit information on somebody you just met in a bar. Maybe you would and I guess it's going to be who you're going to get. But, um, <laughs> you know, for the most part, you're going to hold some of that back. You're going to feel them out over time. You know, if, sure. if you went on a first date with a girl and her first question was, how much money do you make? And and what's your phone number? And, and uh, you know, um, I don't know. Um, do you want to get married? You're only going to answer one of those questions, right? Here's my phone number. Or you might <laughs> right. be able to take one if she asked you those questions so she wouldn't call you again. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 one of those things that, um, you know, again, like they're they're not targeting the people who are thinking correctly. And and you don't need you know, you can have when you're on the Internet and you have literally millions of eyes on you or, you know, theoretically millions of eyes on. um, uh, um, You know, you only need a small percentage of those people to react, right? Yeah, yeah. You're not trying to get a hundred. You're not trying to hit a uh, bat a thousand. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, in baseball, you're batting 300. You're doing a good job. So, yeah, if you can get 2% of the people to bite on that, you're walking away with a healthy amount of uh, information. Exactly, exactly. So, but it's sad reality, but, you know, and, and, you know, as these, like we mentioned earlier, as more and more information becomes required by these larger companies to sign up for things, I think it normalizes giving away that kind of information to other people and other entities that might not, that are less, even less trustworthy. Yeah. No. Yeah, I wonder, are we ever going to hit that wall or hit that peak where it's like, okay, we've asked for so much information that you really don't need it. And people are just going to start asking for less or if it's just going to keep going now that we have so many people on the hook. Because, yeah, now no one bats an eye like, oh, you want a phone number, my email, yeah, a password and a name, you know, my mother's maiden name and blah, 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 <laughs> my favorite pet. And people just, you know, just put it all out there. 
Yeah. So yeah, I wonder if it's ever going to get to like, look, all we need is an email address, and that's it. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. but it just, I, I think part of the problem with John said earlier is you know the numbers are so large that it's not having an impact. But I think also the amount of breaches that are happening, they're happening so often that people are just like, oh, there's another breach. Okay. And it's just, it doesn't register until it actually happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get the, um, you're going to get the, oh, that's a lot of people. Maybe I should change my password real quick. And then they don't. Yeah, exactly. I know I'm like that. I know that sometimes I'll I'll see a story and be like, oh, yeah, next time I'm at my computer, I'm going to change that password. And then I definitely don't for like another three weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, it's tough. I, I, and again, I think that's just in general why why we we are avid supporters of um, just limiting what you put out there from the from the jump, you know, limit the amount of platforms you're on, limit the amount of, you know, um, real identifiable information you can put out there. But, uh, you know, apart from that, these guys are always going to try to find a way to get in. So. Yeah, because I think once you start putting it out there, yeah, it's it just becomes normal. It's normalized now. So it's like anyone can walk up to you and ask, you know, for four you know, for four things that are personal to you, and you're like, yeah, sure. I gave right. it to else. Why can't I give it to you? Right. Yeah. Because you're buying Mountain Dew, Major Melon, Zero Sugar from the <laughs> the corner store. <laughs> so, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like it's so normalized that the people there are like arguing with me about doing it. <laughs> they're arguing. Right. They're like, no, why won't you give it to us? You're using a word I haven't heard before. It's called no. Like, <laughs> you refuse. People, no one says no when I ask that question. Right. Oh. But. Well, I think that if uh, unless anyone had anything else that they wanted to jump chime in on this with, I think we might be finished up here today. Um, I think we're good. I just, you know, typical. Uh, other stuff we could talk about, or we can let our listeners go out and change your Facebook account. <laughs> right. Go do that. All the time. You are not allowed to listen to another episode until your passwords are changed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't let us that's catch you. That's, that's, that's the law, actually. It's legal. <laughs> Oh, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us again this week. Thanks for taking the time out. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow, like, and subscribe us, leave comments. Uh, we would love that wherever podcasts are sold. If you have a question and uh, or you have a comment you would like to email to us, we'd love to hear it. Uh, you can do that at podcast at jscmgroup.com. Again, that's podcast at jscmgroup.com. Thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.